Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Have your Bibles. We only have two more sermons in uh, the book of Jonah left. We've been uh, preaching this a number of Sundays, many Sundays. As a matter of fact, a number of months. You didn't think four chapters could have so much, but I have come to find out that it is rich and it is loaded. We're in the book of Jonah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, and then skip down to verses 9 through 11. Again, Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, and then skip down to verses 9 through 11 is our text. The word of God reads, this change of plan greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this, Jonah? Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? I want to preach a gracious and merciful God and angry Jonah. A gracious and merciful God and angry Jonah. Let's look at Jonah's anger. In this particular passage, Jonah had no problem displaying his anger. And the truth be told, some of y'all don't have any problem displaying y'all's anger either. You're mad about everything. Just mad. New year, mad. Jonah was like many believers today that, that he was more concerned about his personal comfort and shade provided by the plant from God, then he was the 120,000 Ninevites who were headed toward imminent judgment from Almighty God. Many saints today will not tell unbelievers about Christ because being so consumed with the amenities of this world, comfort in their homes, their love for entertainment, their love for social life, They love their hobbies and could care less about people all around them who are headed to a Christless eternity in hell without God. 
My friend, only one or two places you're going. Either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. Either you know Jesus or you don't. You're either a saint or you ain't. Which, which are you? Like Jonah, why are people so angry today? People are mad. They're so mad until they have gone mad. It does not matter where you look within the context of our society. You encounter people who are angry and filled with rage, even about the smallest of things. Anger and rage can be found in the families. Anger and rage can be found in the schools, in the universities and college campuses, in the workplace with disgruntled employees. Anger can be found among neighbors and really in politics. There's anger on the airplanes, in social media, in sports, where, where one will just knock a person out with their fists. Road rage. Don't you honk your horn too quickly. You don't know where that fool is. And people are even angry in the church when they can't have it their way. They are mad. Many have come into this brand new year being angry, bitter and resentful when they really should be thankful and grateful that in spite of themselves, the Lord has blessed them by his grace to see a brand new year. Jonah was one angry preacher. He was a preacher that was angry. He he was angry. He was so angry that he smart talk God. Now, you know you're angry when you just talk to God any kind of way. I believe there was a point in time he forgot who he was talking to. Let me just show you the anger that's that's tucked into this passage. Verse 1, it says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. Some folk come in here upset because they can't sit in their seat. That visitor got my seat. Somebody's in my car spot. Why is he asking for money again? And get mad. And he became, the scripture says, underlined it, very angry. See that in the text? Verse one, verse four. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be underlined it, angry about this? That's anger, angry. Number two, verse nine also says, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Look at that. There's another one. And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. <laughs> Why are people so angry? Now I'm going to talk about the cure for anger next week. But for today, why are people so angry? Number one, many become angry because they fail to emulate the character of God. Many are angry because they fail to emulate the character of God. Jonah acknowledged God's character, but he was unable to reproduce the character of God, that same character in his own life. You say, where is that? In verse 2c, it says, I knew that you are a merciful God. That's a character or quality of God and compassionate God. There's another character of God right there. Slow to get angry. There's another character trait. 
and fill with unfailing love. Another character trait. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Now, let me just break these uh, these character traits down so you can even grasp them a little better. It says in the text, God is merciful. Yes, right. He was merciful to the wicked, ruthless Ninevites. And he was merciful to Jonah as well. He could have allowed that big fish to chew him up instead of spitting him out whole. That was God's mercy. Mercy speaks of the kindness of God because of the mercy of God. Uh, uh, Mercy, mercy is that God doesn't give us what we deserve. That's mercy. And God not giving us what we deserve should cause all of us to be humble before him. Also, let me just give you this word of wisdom. Be kind to those who cross your path in life because we all have personal battles that we are fighting. Be kind. Don't be hard to deal with. Don't be difficult to lead. When you see somebody you don't know, or they're not saying it right. They're not acting right. They are not acting according to your expectation. They are not doing things according to your specific rule book. My friend, I submit to you today, you be kind because everyone you meet in life, including yourself, we are all fighting personal battles. Think about that. That's why you ought to be kind. And you ought to not weigh people down when they're already weighed and burdened down enough. People have battles with the flesh, battle with negative thinking, battles with being in a backslidden condition. People are battling pride, battling addictions of social media and all these things. They're battling having to be in control and trying to be all things to all people. Some are battling a judgmental spirit where they have an assessment on everyone. They diagnose everyone but themselves. All all kinds of battles. So be kind to people. Be loving because all of us are facing our own personal struggles and battles. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Then in the passage, God is compassionate. This is God being a sympathetic God. He's a tender-hearted God. And, and he is moved with pity toward others as he did on the Ninevites whom he spared because they turned and repented from their wretchedness. Compassion. Where is your sympathy? 
Where is your tenderheartedness? Are you cold? Do you cut folk up with your tongue? Are you quick to hit folk with words that break their spirit? Let me tell you something. A broken bone is easier to heal than a broken heart. A broken bone in eight weeks or so, whatever that timetable is, it is healed. But a broken heart, some folk can have a broken heart for 10, 20 and 30 years. As a matter of fact, there are broken hearted people who go to their grave with their hearts broken. Where is your compassion? Then the text says God is slow to anger and slow to get angry. This speaks of the patience of God and the long suffering of God. And God was so patient with Jonah, even with the kind of talk he was saying to almighty God. I'm so glad that God was patient with me and you ought to be glad that he's patient with you. And I'm so glad that he didn't give me what I deserve because the truth be told all of us in here deserve hell And we deserve judgment from God. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would be judged by God. Thank God that he's a God who is slow to anger. And then you see in that text, God is filled with unfailing love in the text. Unfailing love. This speaks of God having steadfast love, an unalterable love. He has a love that does not change. This is his immutability. He has unconditional love. Beloved, God loves us at our best and he loves us at our our worst. When we put our foot in our mouths, say something we shouldn't say, go where we shouldn't have gone, did what we shouldn't have done. God doesn't just blink his eye and just wipe us out. Thank God for his mercy. Unconditional love. Lord, keep loving me in spite of myself. There is never a moment when God ceases to love us. I'm going to tell you something. God will even love you to hell. You say, well, I don't don't want the Bible. I don't want prayer. I don't want the church. I don't want a witness. Why we got to go to Sunday school? Why we got to pray? Why we got to fast? I ain't doing, I'm not paying my tithes that the preacher can get. And God will let you go to hell by your own choosing and still love you there. You say, well, why would he love me in hell? Because you chose to go, but it did not diminish the love of God. Y'all hanging with me? That's all number one. Let me go to number two. (laughs) Why are people angry? Many people are angry with themselves. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus is able to deliver and cleanse us from our sins. The blood of Jesus Christ is able to cleanse us and deliver us from anger. Once you've genuinely repented, then for heaven's sake, forgive yourself. Once you've truly confessed your sins and repented, for heaven's sake, forgive yourself so you can live in peace with Christ and peace with others. 
If you refuse to accept God's forgiveness, you will struggle and have no peace. You will have no joy this year simply because you cannot accept God's forgiveness. Beloved, being thankful for your redemption through Jesus Christ, his forgiveness and the riches of his grace will remove your anger and usher in a spirit of gratitude. There are many under my voice and by radio and social media and all these things. You are angry with yourself. And yet God wants to release you of that. Thirdly, people are angry about their past. They are angry about their past. Philippians 3, 13b says, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Until you let go and stop rehearsing the pains of your past, the failures of your past and the sins of your past, you will not experience freedom in Christ. Let me just say that again, because somebody's saying, say that again. I'm writing, I'm writing, you're going too fast. Until you let go, say let go. Let go. That, that's hard. That's hard, because some of you like to hold on to stuff that's killing you. Until you let go and stop rehearsing the pains of the past, the failures of the past. Your sins of the past. If you put that under the blood of Jesus, then God sees it no more. And he's wondering what in the world are you talking about? Because all I see is the blood. If you can't let it go, you're going to strangle and choke yourself to death. And you will not experience freedom in Christ, which results in your being in bondage, angry and not being healed. I have a question for you. You need to write down. It's a simple, short phrased question. Question, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Fourthly, many are angry because of their personal circumstances. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Not kind of love God. Not a surface love who really deeply, intimately love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. You see, people are angry at their lack of progress in life. They are angry at their inability to pass certification tests, to pass major exams. They are angry because of a failed relationship. They're angry because of a debilitating disease. He said, why me, Lord? Why this disease? Why now? Some are angry in their circumstances because of being laid off from work. Others are angry because of a hostile work environment, a hostile family environment, whether the, the father is just raging in the house. And when he comes home, everybody make a mad dash to the bedroom. And get eerily quiet. They don't know what the fool's going to say. Family violence and family abuse. Even from wives who are out of control. Screaming and hollering. And disrespecting their husband. And and just 
making every little thing an issue. You left the light on in the pantry. Don't you know you wasted money? And he's guilty of the same thing. And she is too. You laughing because it's true. Be encouraged. God is in control and knows what is best for you. That calms me. That's my blessed assurance. And we know that all things work together for good. When we have that spiritual perspective, we can be encouraged knowing that God is in control and know what is best for his children. Even when you don't understand what he is doing, he's in control. Just keep on believing. Just keep on trusting God for a breakthrough. He may not come when you want him, but I tell you, he's always on time. Allow the scriptures to encourage your heart. As Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you, Lord, because he trusts in you. Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my peace. Not the political arena. Not the White House. Not the Senate. Not the Congress. Not people. Not jobs. It's Jesus. My friend, the same Jesus who overcame his trials and tribulation will also help us to overcome adversity if we keep our eyes fixed on him. John 16, 33 says, these things I have spoken to you that in me, in Christ, you may have peace. Peace is not in alcohol. Peace is not in you. Peace is not in celebrities. Peace is not in sororities and fraternities. Peace is not in being a socialite. In me, in Christ, in the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome. And you will too if you keep on trusting, hoping, and believing Christ. Hebrews 12, 2a also says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Number five, people are angry at other people's opinion. Because they do not think like them. Can you believe people are angry because of that? Because I have a different perspective. Because I have my own mind of Christ. And because I don't think like you. You mad at me because I won't go along with how you think. Well, if you're going to think like everybody, you're going to be cuckoo. That's right. You have to think like the scripture. People are angry at other people's opinions because they do not think like them. That's why you, these professors in high seat of learning, they're, they're warping our children, even from kindergarten, exposing them to all kind of hellishness, transgenderism, when they don't even know how to count to 10. They can't tie a shoe. They can't tell time. But give them options as to say, you, you, you can be whatever you want to be, a he, she, or both. No, learn to read and write and count. Let me raise my children spiritually and morally to the glory of God. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 16 B says, but we have the mind of Christ. And you know what? Uh, in, in this day, thank you, Holy Spirit, it's getting harder and harder to preach 
even in the house of God. It's getting more increasingly difficult to even preach in the house of God. He said, why do you say that? Because after, when you get through looking at all the ABC, CNBC, CBS, Fox, and everything else I can't call, you listen to every talk show on radio, everything under the sun, and you, uh, you listen to what Ken folks say who's out of touch with God, away from God, backslidden, and they talking as if they are the authoritative figure. And just because they're in the who's who in society and got two, three degrees behind their name, you think they're worth listening to and they're speaking hellishness. And when you, when you, and when you start believing all this stuff that you hear in the media and in the news, and then I come up here and preach truth, you choke. You choke because you've been listening to lies and what the people are saying and what the pundits are saying until you've lost what truth really is. Therefore, allow absolutely no one to squeeze your thinking into their mold. Did you get that? Allow no one, absolutely no one to squeeze your thinking into their mold. Uh, I like what the uh, J.B. Phillips translation says in Romans 12 to a it says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your mind from within. Beloved, you are wise indeed if you have the mind of Christ and speak truth in the midst of a culture that is filled with lies, deception, political correctness, and confusion. You will be anxious, worry, angry, and depressed if you buy into the worldview of our culture and society. Crazy thinking Christians, mixed up, confused, because you're not spending time in the authoritative, inspired word of the living God, you talk like them, you act like them, and you even look like them. And you try to witness to them, they say, I didn't even know you were saved. <laughs> the scripture says in John eight thirty two, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's why some of you are bound that's why some of you are confused and mixed up. You don't know what is truth. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.